I'm Hannah. Hi, I'm Rochelle, and you're listening to BoxBox F1 Pod. Today, we're prepping for the Canadian Grand Prix, but first, it's time for our digital warm-up. Do-do-do, lap one, F1 circuit news. The Australian Grand Prix has been renewed until 2035. Woo! It was... Was it interesting? No, but we need to go to Australia because we're a world sport. Yes, I suppose that's true, but it's hard on them. Especially if Daniel Ricardo's here, we gotta get the Aussie fan support IRL because it's a lot. Yes, which I suppose means Daniel has to race until 2035. He hopes. <laughs> Um, also, after Baku, F1 CEO Stefano Domenicali flew to South Africa to discuss the potential return of a Grand Prix at Kayalami. That's fun. When was the last, do you have any idea when the last time we were there was? 1993. Hey, we haven't been there since I was born. (laughs) Same. And yeah, Related to being a world or a global sport, they're trying to hit every major continent. And people seem to really want this um, South African Grand Prix back. So I think they're probably going to do it. They're saying they're talking about bringing it back even as soon as next year. Yeah. My only thing is none of the drivers were racing in 1993. And part of me is like, will it be a similar situation to Miami where they were all like super excited for Miami and then they got there and they're like, well, this sucks. Well, I feel like I like hope the track lives up to the hype. I think that because they already kind of have a track that they're working with rather than creating like a whole brand new concept, yeah, that might help because yeah. they can just kind of improve upon it rather than creating something okay. from scratch. And it's not Americans in charge, so. Yes. Well, yes, this is true. Um, also next year, the Chinese Grand Prix is on contract, but it really depends on the COVID situation, whether they're yeah. going to actually hold it. But the last Grand Prix there was in 2019. Oh, that wasn't that far back. Um, no. I hope Guan Yu's still racing when they go back to China. I assume so. He's not having a bad year for a rookie at all. So No. But... Because of those few possibilities, like South Africa and China maybe next year, people are saying Belgian, or sorry, the Belgian Grand Prix is definitely one that is at risk. And then potentially the French Grand Prix. And we've already kind of talked about how, I don't know how real the Monaco Grand Prix risk is, but there's been things floated in the air as to what might be not cut entirely, but maybe next year. It is difficult. It's like the classic issue of tradition versus moving forward, I guess. Where, like, you want to keep the history and the traditions alive, but also, let's go to South Africa. I just don't see how it's, like, that big of a deal to just kind of switch off more back and forth, like, every other year with some of the tracks. Like, It does, I think, make it more fun and interesting and would probably produce different results if you switched up the calendars every year. I fully agree. The only reason I say that is because, like, Monaco has not been renewed. Like, I don't, I don't think it matters if it's, like, skips a year, but if they fully cancel a contract, that's where it's, like, kind of, 
Yeah, but that hasn't happened yet. No. Yeah, so we'll see what happens, but pretty exciting, I think. And then, of course, the Las Vegas Grand Prix will be next fall. And Zach Brown made a trip out to Vegas this weekend to see the construction. And he wore a bedazzled McLaren hard hat. Cool. <laughs> I don't know why. Vegas, I guess. Crazy things happen in Vegas. Lap two, the FIA's response to porpoising. So the FIA just released a technical directive today to reduce porpoising. Basically, it's still a bit vague. Like they kind of put this statement out that they're going to convene a meeting in Montreal to discuss in more detail. But they at least said that they're going to create like a metric to measure the oscillations, like the vertical oscillation, which basically is purposing and create a quantitative limit for what the acceptable level is. My understanding of this is that it's probably just going to affect the teams that are dealing with porpoising issues right now. Like, I don't think this is actually going to have any negative effect on Red Bull, which is what people were talking about and kind of like Red Bull was fearful of. But this seems to just create a limit that would force the teams with porpoising to have to make changes to reduce that for the sake of safety of their drivers. Yeah, I don't fully understand what all of this means, but um, most of the teams are suffering from porpoising to from like to some degree, not necessarily as much as Lewis or Mercedes, but they're all suffering to an extent other than Red Bull. I haven't heard them complain, but um, I'm just confused how this would have. So like, is it because the teams can't figure out how to limit the porpoising or is it because the FIA regulations don't allow for any other kind of car design other than one that has more purpose porpoising than before? Now, basically the, Issue of porpoising is because the car's ride height across the teams has been lowered and that is within regulations and the teams do that because it improves performance. When you're lowered to the ground, it improves downforce. But if you don't design the car well enough to withstand like the vibrations or just being that low to the ground, it creates a porpoising effect. So the way to mitigate that is to raise your ride height, but that also means you reduce your performance because you're higher from the ground. And Red Bull was able to figure out a way to design their car to be super low but not have porpoising. And I think probably what Mercedes wanted, or maybe other teams, but definitely like Mercedes, is probably some sort of minimum ride height regulation to resolve the porpoising issue, but the FIA seems to have released a directive that isn't like creating a minimum ride height. They're just saying, you guys need to fix the design, whatever way that is, but probably raising your ride height because you can't figure out how to get it low to the ground and not have this issue. And they're going to enforce that by measuring. But I think that's fair because Red Bull had figured out a design, so they shouldn't be punished for that just because the other teams couldn't figure it out. Yeah, okay, that was my only, like, lingering question, basically, because it everyone was, like, putting pressure on the FIA to do something about it, but it sounded more like 
a conundrum for each team to figure out a design. Um, and all the FIA can do is this. Like, we can give you some guidance, but, like, we can't do much else. Um, so that's why I was, like, a little confused. I'm like, what do they want from the FIA? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Well, um, it is a very vague um, response, but um, sounds like they just haven't figured it out yet. And it'll probably be more information after their meeting in Montreal. Lap three, Oscar Piastri. So... Oscar Piastri is under contract with Alpine as a reserve driver, and his contract goes through next year, but he can potentially be released if Alpine does not confirm that he'll race for them by the end of this June, so the end of this month. And it doesn't seem like Oscar is going to be signed with Alpine because Esteban's contract goes through 2024, and then Fernando will likely be extended for next year. And so it's likely that Piastri will be released and there are rumors that he might be announced at the British Grand Prix, which is July 3rd, as a driver for Williams in 2023. Okay. Well, that makes me feel a bit better than them just replacing Latifi midseason. Yeah. Seems like those rumors have been squashed. Yeah. Although, although the fact that they are announcing it, the race right after Canada. Could it have been them, like, trying to give Latifi, like, a last hurrah in his home country? Yeah, it's also the end of June deadline. Okay. Sounds like they don't need Latifi's money anymore. Nope, they need performance. (laughs) Yeah. Who's going to pay for all the red dye? They don't need that either. (laughs) (laughs) Lap three, off the grid. Classic golf watch. Every every race we have golfing in a new country. Um, Carlando played a round of golf in Canada, and Carlos shared it. It was wholesome to see. Love a Carlando moment. And then also, um, I thought it was kind of funny. Valtteri posted like a behind the scenes of him filming for Alfa Romeo, but for some reason, Alfa Romeo thought it was um, a good idea to send Valtteri to a farm in his full gear. Um, and there was clips of him chewing hay, driving a John Deere tractor, and, um, petting some pigs. And it really seemed like where he belongs. <laughs> I don't wonder if Guan Yu was there. I wonder who fits in better <laughs> at a farm. For sure, Valtteri. He's a rural man. <laughs> he is quite rural, but it's usually like a sophisticated rural. Like, yeah. you don't often see espresso and john deere in like the same place or like a nice sauna cabin in the woods and pigs (laughs) yeah he's like an expensive rural yeah um agree but yes better than guan yu for sure guan yu is full-on supreme in the streets (laughs) yeah guan yu definitely belongs in the streets um (laughs) um in other cute news, um, there was a really funny video of, you know, the Connor sketches, um, impressions guy. Impressions. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> there was a video of Checo, like actually showing Carlos, Max, and Charles the, their, his impressions of them. And he was like, guys, wait, no, listen, listen, this is so funny. Like, can you hear it? And they were all dying. Yeah, that Connor guy is spot on for literally every single driver he does. 
It's crazy. It's insane. I like very, so good. And Charles is losing his mind. He's like, he must change something. And then Connor responds, he's like, I just changed my hats, Charles. <laughs> Everything else is yeah. me. Yeah, I love when they interact with stuff on social. Remember last week when we were talking about how weird it was that Max posted the like by Pierre Gasly thing? Yeah. Pierre actually flew back with him from Baku on his private jet, which I'm assuming is when he showed him that trend. That's like, that, that seems like a natural progression of events. Um, cause they flew to Austria to do some training or whatever. Um, and so I feel like my last impression of Max stands that he's not actually on social media a lot, but he gets everything shown to him. Yeah. I think that makes sense because Max is actually really friendly with Carlos, Charles, Pierre, Checo. And so it makes sense when they hang out that unless it's right after a race, they're probably not really talking about driving. It's probably more light stuff like social. Yes, for sure. (laughs) For sure. And he, I saw a clip of him doing an interview where the interviewer was like, um, it's probably nice that so many new drivers are moving to Monaco. And he was like, yeah, for the longest time, it was me and like the whole older generation. And I don't really have anything to talk to them about. Like, I can't imagine him having dinner with Kimmy and Lewis. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, Monaco <laughs> is becoming a Hub. bastion of young youth. <laughs> I'm pretty sure half of their population is F1 drivers at this point. Or diehard fans, at yes. least. Rich diehard fans. It's an F1 community, it, <laughs> but it's cursed. It is. Just for Charles. Everyone else yeah. seems fine. Good for Red Bull. Yeah. But yeah, so he definitely, he, there was a, there was a clip of him and Lando at some birthday dinner hanging out together. So it's, it's nice to see them outside of the track actually hanging out. All right. Well, that concludes our digital warm up. Do do do. On to the track walk. So, um, the um, Canadian Grand Prix is in Montreal, and it's on a place called the Notre Dame Notre Dame Islands, um, which is on the Saint Lawrence River, and it's actually man made. It was built for the 1967 World's Fair, and it was reused for the 1976 Summer Olympics. And then after the Olympics, the island was rebuilt into a track and held its first race in 1978. At the time, it was called the Circuit de Notre Dame, um, but eventually was renamed the Circuit Gilles Villeneuve. Gilles Villeneuve? Gilles Villeneuve um, in 1982, which was in honor of the driver Jill, Gilles. Uh, winning the 1978 the inaugural grand prix and he's also the only canadian grand prix uh only canadian driver to ever win a canadian grand prix and i have a feeling that will continue this year (laughs) it's sad that the canadian f1 driver glory was not passed down well no he's got lance and latifi latifi Holding on by a single thread. <laughs> Until that thread is snapping in June. By Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's yes. the only... No- I don't think he was a daddy driver. I haven't actually researched him, but he- I don't think he was a daddy driver. Who? So, Gilles. Gil. No, he was the father of Jacques Villeneuve. Oh, which one had the rival... The, like, bleached hair and glasses? 
And the Michael Schumacher documentary, one of his main writers. Oh, that was Jacques Villeneuve. So that was Jill's son, who, yes, was really good, just like his dad. Although his his dad, Jill, he never won a world championship. He just had really, like, glorious moments like this, like winning the inaugural uh, Canadian Grand Prix. And he was also from Montreal, so it was very, like, hometown hero vibes for him. Oh. Yep. That's a good that's sometimes you don't need a world championship. Sometimes you just need the people you love. Yeah. So the circuit is very chicane heavy. There's 14 turns in total, and the hairpin at turn 10 is pretty famous. But the more famous part of this track is called the Wall of Champions, which is at a wall at the end of the lap, which is between turns 13 and 14. Yeah, and it was called the Wall of Champions because of the 1999 Canadian Grand Prix. Um, it was actually hit at four separate occasions by four different drivers. Um, Damon Hill, Jacques Villeneuve, um, Michael Schumacher, and Ricardo Zonta. Um, Ricardo Zonta is not a champion, but the other three obviously are. So, um, in their honor, Canada was very sassy and named the wall they all hit, the Wall of Champions. And then I know, like, after 1999, other world champions have hit it too. Accidentally, but they wanted to leave a mark, probably, <laughs> as a champion. You're not a world champion unless you hit that wall, right? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure Lewis hit it at some point. you think they'd move the wall. I get make- why they hit it. Yeah, and they're usually battling because there's a huge straight before and after. So it's like yeah. very abrupt and you're trying to pass someone and then hit this turn. So kind of makes sense. And yeah, I'm not sure why exactly they decided to have a wall as opposed to openness. Because you could obviously, yeah, like have that gravel in yeah. between at least. But no, it's just straight into the wall. But yeah, history now, because that wall is iconic, and it certainly cannot go. No, no, God forbid. Um, I hope they all sign it. That should be a thing. Yeah. I do like the name. It's very sassy. It's very un- out of character for Canadians. What I'm learning through F1 is that Canadians are not at all what they're advertised as. They are nice, though. <laughs> they're nice, but sassy. Nice, but crash-prone. But, but yeah, they accidentally. Say yeah. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They mean the best. <laughs> even the Canadian Wall, it's an accidental bump. Yeah, it's not even on purpose. But yeah, it's a pretty fun track that the drivers seem to love, and I'm sure it's extra exciting because we haven't been here for a little bit. The last Grand Prix was in 2019, pre-COVID. So many things were happening before we. I even knew Formula One existed. Um, so Lewis won, <laughs> shock, um, and it was his seventh win in Canada. Um, and in 2019, he was followed by both Ferraris, Seb and Charles. What to expect? So the weather watch, as of today, which is Thursday, the forecast says that on Friday, tomorrow, it's going to thunderstorm. So that's bad. Hopefully they can get a little bit of practice in. But then Saturday, there's an 80% chance of rain. And then Sunday, 
Right now, it says partly cloudy and about 70 degrees. But I would not be surprised if that changes. Predictions. Red Bull seems to be flawless now. I expect them to do well this weekend. Yeah, I had a lot of, put a lot into Ferrari, but maybe they'll come in second and third. But probably not. Though yeah. They probably won't. It's going to be Checo and Max. Okay, so we had some questions left over from the race in Baku, or that Baku raised for us um, to think about as we go forward. Um, the biggest one, obviously, is will Ferrari be able to resolve their reliability issues? And Ferrari did tweet that they have a short-term fix for Carlos this weekend. And I think they're still figuring out the fix for Charles. They can't figure that out. There's a witch they have to pay off somewhere in Monaco. That's not fixable. Yeah, um, but even for Carlos, they were saying that they definitely, like, the focus is also on the long-term fix. Like, I don't know what exactly the short-term fix is, but it was not sustainable. Is this regarding the hydraulic issue? Yes. They fixed the hydraulic issue somehow, but they really emphasize the short-term aspect of it. Um, I think the long-term aspect is that Mattia should no longer come on the road. <laughs> I think he needs, he's needed at the factory. Um, another weird issue that came up in, in Baku was that the pit stops were randomly slower, but they were slower across the board. Yeah, so Ferrari at least said for Charles' pit stop, there was a jack malfunction, which is why he was left on it for a little longer than he needed to. I, I don't know about Checo's issue, but... Were there new least... jacks issued or something? Like, was there like a... Because he had the same pro He was also left on the jack for too long. That's yeah, why it was weird. I don't think there was anything like that. Like, new jacks or a new right. regulation. It's just, like, I guess they, both of their jacks didn't work. Yeah. Maybe all the front jackmen went out the night before and they were drunk or hungover. It seemed like it was the rear jack guys. Oh, I thought it was the front. Um, Then the rear jack, all the jackmen went out. Um, That's a, probably the best theory because, well, also people were saying, like, in general... With this season, with the increased tires um, going from 13 inches to 18 inches and being heavier in weight, it makes sense that the pit stops are slower in general. And then we knew that. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. And then with added issues like the jack situation, just makes it extra long. Yeah. Well, no one can have one as long as Valtteri. Valtteri will keep holding that record. Um. Another issue from, I mean, the FIA has addressed it. I wouldn't say they've resolved it, but um, they certainly PR'd the crap out of it. Um, the porpoising thing. Lewis is back. Like, I know that they're making steps to fix it, but, like, how long will that actually take to fix? Will the back pain, like, actually put him out of racing? And also, I'm very happy that um, Angie's finally getting to be a physical therapist. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they confirmed for sure, Mercedes confirmed that Lewis is going to race this weekend because that was somewhat in question after Baku. But I mean, 
from my understanding, it's a fairly easy fix. Increase the ride height. It just will reduce their performance. It's not really an FIA problem. The FIA is actually just like, yeah, you guys should do this. Like you guys were should. waiting for confirmation. It's like, it's just weird to me, right? Like, it's not like they were restricted from changing it. They were pushing for a rule to be made that would affect all the teams and not just reduce their performance. Okay. But so they probably were pushing so that Red Bull would be impacted. Kind of seems that way. So then. My follow-up question, um, there was that Christian Horner quote when he was like, I, if I were in Mercedes' situation, I would also tell my drivers to, like, bitch on the radio about their back pain. How much of that holds merit then? Because, like, I believe that Lewis has pain, for sure, but is he exaggerating on the radio? I don't think he's exaggerating because it's, it's a completely real issue that is visible to everybody. Yes. And then the pain that he expressed did not seem exaggerated. Okay, sorry, I should probably rephrase. Do you think the fact that he expressed it on the radio at all, whether it was, I, I also don't think it was exaggerated, but the fact that he expressed it was a, was intentional. It genuinely seemed like he was crying out in pain because he was dying. Yeah, I thought so. Like, too. I get that anything you say on the radio, you might think there's a different motive because it's publicized, but I don't yeah. know. I feel like the drivers generally just express their thoughts that they want to say to their teams or even just about what's going on as like a way to communicate, like how they're yeah, feeling. Yeah. But we have like talked about how like Lewis exaggerates the state of his tires like my tires are dead or whatever so he's like done it before but i also don't i'm i'm like it's just like a room like like gossip that's going around right like that was like on purpose so i was just wondering what you thought but i also don't think he's doing it on purpose i think he's genuinely pain um i guess that's the end of our um prep for canada we're very excited for this weekend um i will be eating poutine I'm going to go to Noir in Philly, and they have a bunch of Montreal-inspired dishes. I might end up getting poutine, too, but I'm definitely going to get the Montreal smoked meat sandwich there. That sounds amazing. I want to go to Montreal. They have good food, too. Well, we'll be eating that. Make sure to send us pictures of your food, whether it's what we're eating or something else, or if it's drink. If you have a drink... Canadian cocktail. We'd love to hear it because I can't think of a single one right now. Other than that, we'll be back on Sunday to debrief the Canadian Grand Prix. Um, Until then, box, box. Box, box.